0: Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast from Visit Aurora from the rafters of the Stanley Marketplace. This is the show dedicated to telling the stories of Aurora, Colorado. Hi there, I'm Dave, the Senior Marketing Manager for Visit Aurora. Poonamore is the owner of Poonams by Design, an interior design firm that offers beautiful home remodeling and home design services. Based in the Southlands Lifestyle Center in Aurora, she's also the co-star of Rico to the Rescue on HGTV, is is co-star apropos.
1: Um, I would say, my husband would say, sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm the designer, featured designer, basically, and, and remodeler on this show.
0: She, she's humble, too. <laughs> uh, your husband, Everett, is here. Everett, it's great to meet you as well. Thank you for taking the time. Um, you've been an established, successful business person for years, and, and now there's this influx of attention. How has your life changed over the last few months in particular?
1: Well, we've gotten slightly busier. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> And um, just, you know, basically just trying to juggle what we already were doing plus now added clients which are coming in then from the TV show and recording and filming and all the other stuff that kind of gets thrown in now into the mix
0: I've got a million questions about the show but first I want to talk about you specifically you you were born in the Fiji Islands yes Uh, you're raised in California yes your passion for design though started when you were young what was your earliest memory that kind of cemented that this is what you wanted to do
1: well my mom says I was constantly Uh, decorating and changing things around in the house and I was only maybe 11 (laughs) so I knew then and really even earlier than that I have memories of going through um, a custom home my uncle was building and was fascinated by the framing and what kid is fascinated
0: by framing right so
1: (laughs) so yeah just you know just I've, I guess I've always had it in me.
0: When you walk into a room, do you see a picture? Yeah. Is it like a portrait that comes to mind? Yeah. Is, is it easily, do you, is it just like a natural reflex to know where everything should go?
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. I'm con- My mind is constantly moving as I walk in and out of spaces because I'm, I'm seeing it done or redone or enhanced. So, yeah, it is. It's constantly moving for
0: me. So you go to the Art Institute of Colorado and get your interior design degree. Did you immediately start your own firm from there?
1: Um, Actually, within a year. Yes, I did. Wow. So right after I graduated, I decided I was going to go look for um, a job. And then I realized I I couldn't have a normal job because I had kids, <laughs> so okay. I had little kids at the time, and I thought, okay, I tried it out, I worked for a little bit, about a year or so, and I decided it was just not gonna work because of the hours and you know juggling kids and things like that.
0: Is and, that unique for the industry? Because it seems like you would go to a quote-unquote established designer and then kind of like pay your dues, uh, but you went straight I own my own thing, I imagine the learning curve on that must have been quite steep.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is, it is, you make a lot of mistakes. Um, I had a lot of good mentors at the time too. But um, yeah, you just have to kind of have the courage, right, to take what you know, be ready to learn, and really in this industry, it never stops. Codes constantly change, trends constantly change, there's just something new and fresh. And so really, you're never going to stop learning in this industry. So.
0: You've been an Aurora resident for 27 years. This is home. Yes. Uh, you even opened your showroom at Southlands in 2020. Yes. Uh, take us back then. You're you're in the throes of the pandemic, uh, but also a time when people are spending a lot of time at home, yes. uh, really wanting to invest in their spaces, make it as comfortable as possible. Did that time present challenges or was it somewhat serendipitous?
1: It didn't. It, it Well, twofolds nobody would work <laughs> and we had a lot of business. Yeah. So it was, you know, people were home and they were thinking of life differently. Now your home was your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It was where you worked, where you went to school, where you lived, where you entertained, where you worked out. I mean, it was, it had to be everything, right? Multiple folds. Mm-hmm. So no matter how big or small your home was, it was, it was everything you needed really to kind of just survive. And be normal whatever the normal looked like at that time right um so yeah it was it was great it it was actually i I thought it was going to be devastating and then we were essential because we were on the construction side of it oh yeah and so then we were busier than ever um but we didn't have as many people working so we in our shops and um manufacturers and things were closed yeah so then we were had the challenge of basically Producing projects without product mm. so it was just it, there was a lot of challenges that 2020 gave to us But um, I think we all <laughs> learn from it yeah, right. and uh, and we've survived it So now we know there's much worse things in the world
0: <laughs> And now you're starting you're you're getting ready to launch another location in yes. Park Meadows. That's got to be exciting It is uh, it seems from the outside looking in you have a really talented team around you.
1: I do um, I we actually have a magnificent team around us, both in showroom and out of showroom. Um out of showroom, we have forty four subcontractors wow. and <laughs> yeah, it's a big team. And then in showroom, we have ten. um and we're all full time. So it is a really um a big operation. Um, and now we're, of course, we're expanding, like you said, to Park Meadows, and we're getting we're hiring more people
0: uh, along with your eye for design, uh, you're also a general contractor. How does that understanding enhance your design choices?
1: Um, I think it, it's a really, it's it's a key, you know, to being able to design and build. So design is fun, and I do get caught up in the fun part aspect and the creativity of it all. But then something has to be quite practical when it gets down to it, because really, the city and county of any jurisdiction really doesn't care about how pretty it's going to be. Right. <laughs> they care that it's safe <laughs> and it's built well and things like that. So a lot of times the two have to meet and marry. Um, and in the, in this industry, no matter if you're just a designer or just a builder, it comes together at some point for all clients. So it is, it is, I think, probably really um, the best thing I, I decided to do was to do
0: both. When you go to a friend's house or a family member's house, is it hard to not instantly start redesigning and redecorating, at least in your mind? Or can you flip that switch off? I flip the switch. Really?
1: <laughs> I do. I do. I need brain breaks. Okay. Uh, and I don't have any because of my creative mind. I actually wake up thinking and I go to sleep thinking, so I think <laughs> when I go to somebody's home, I'm just there to eat the food and drink the drinks Gotcha. So and have fun and laugh, so I'm not there de- redecorating. I don't even, I really don't even care. I'm just there to spend time with the people right. I love.
0: Okay, so. that's that's good to be able to do that, to compartmentalize that. <laughs> yes. um, okay, I want to get into some of the mechanics of the TV show, and, and anything you're not allowed to answer, just okay. say, that's TV magic, and I'll move on, okay? Got it. <laughs> uh, but I'm fascinated by okay. the process. Did you know Rico Leon b- before the show?
1: No, I did not.
0: And and more than 100 people applied for your role. You ended up making it through several rounds of auditions. Uh, that had to have been quite the process because you have to be the perfect mix of authority and expertise, but you also have to possess that charisma and likability to producers. What was that process like?
1: Well, um, first, I did not apply for this job. Really? No. (laughs) No, they keep looking for me. Oh. I ignored them for a couple of months. (laughs) And then I finally said yes, and we were on our way out to Mexico, and um, I gave them two days to get the Zoom call in, um, and they had already finished, actually, um, all of their uh, casting or uh, all of their uh, interviews. And so I was the last person, I think, is what they told me interviewed. Um, And uh, within two weeks, they moved me to like a round, another round and then another round. And so most of the people that I interviewed with was out, you know, east um, and kind of all over. So they were all Zoom meetings with a bunch of people I didn't know. And they would ask questions and some were kind of random, some were more about me. They were just trying to get to know what I did and what I came in with. So yeah, and then it was just rounds and rounds of Zoom calls. And then finally, um, I guess when I got to the top two, they did a full uh, camera kind of chemistry test and that's when I
0: met Rico. What was the initial hesitation? Was that you were already busy or and, and you didn't want the other things that come along with the TV show?
1: Yes, I think it's multiple, right? Like I'm a lot older now. <laughs> I was saying if I was in my 20s, I would have just flipped upside down and did anything possible to get onto a show. Even in my thirties, I just kind of gave up on the you know, on any of those ideas because we were trying to grow our business. Right. And then when you get into your forties, you're kind of past that. And I, I now was because we actually live a great life. We have a great business mm-hmm. that's thriving. We were already committed to doing park meadows at the time. And so there was just a lot already going on and everything was going really beautifully. So I, you know, I didn't want to add anything to it that to, that would add stress and pressure to my team as well. When I make this decision, it's a team decision and everybody's impacted by it, including you know, your spouse, your mm-hmm. children, every gets, everybody gets impacted by this.
0: Uh, homeowners apply to be on the show. Do you yes. sit with producers to decide who will be featured? Like, and, and if so, what are you looking for in the criteria?
1: I come in after it's kind of, uh, well, I come in kind of in the middle okay. and I do go out and take a look at the job sites. Um, I do kind of hear the stories. And and things like that at this point. Um, The criteria really is for there to be a a pretty, you know, it is TV. (laughs) They want a story. They Mm -hmm. want a real story. Right. They want real problems um, that they're addressing. Um, And also, I think they're just looking for just good people and to do something great for good people. Um, The criteria really is that you do have to have some funds left to finish your remodel. Um, And you do want to make sure that um, things are kind of taken care of with the old contractor. And if it's not, then we do have to kind of handle that a little bit before.
0: It it is fascinating when you do have to handle that, though, because it has a level of conflict and also an understanding that you are there to help people. You know, this is not a made-up storyline from producers. There's actual people with real things at stake. Exactly. In the first episode, I recall you you had a family budgeted forty-five thousand dollars for the remodel, and, and once they got from under their awful initial contract of the work you and Rico and the team did, clocked in at over eighty thousand dollars. Cl- Cl- how how does the the money work on the show? Is it is it treated like a game show? Does the does the show gift that extra cost, or do homeowners agree and take on that cost?
1: Um, construction costs homeowners have to agree and take on.
0: Okay.
1: Um, in the first episode. They in all episodes we were really fortunate, yeah, and we had some amazing people and trades come along and do a lot of really amazing gifting to the families to make that budget. Yeah, so really, cabinetry, countertops, tiles, floors, uh, plumbing fixtures, lighting fixtures, all were donated to wow. families, all, wow. all of them. And so because of that, they saved. $30,000, $50,000, some of them. Um, a couple of them saved a couple hundred thousand dollars in gifted materials. So right. really it helped finish these projects out because it was kind of a team effort between everybody involved.
0: You have an obligation to the show to to put out a stunning end product, which you always do, uh, but you. you're also dealing with clients that may not have your same vision. When you, when you sit down with the homeowners, I imagine you listen to their vision, but you as the pro, you have your own ideas. How do you reconcile the two?
1: Um, I think that's just conversation. So most people won't, most people won't hire an interior designer if they don't want your opinion, right. So they do have their opinions. they do want certain things to be done. They have some needs lists that they really want to have done, and they have some dreams and visions of certain things, right. And our goal then is to take what they want um, and then execute it as best as possible, practically um, within budget. And of course, come up with some other ideas that might blow their mind and might be even better than what they came up with themselves. So really it's it's really easy to do if you can figure people out and what they want. Um, it's I think it's almost a gift for designers. Um, most designers come with that gift um, and it's it's just it's just basically taking it's like two different people right? My husband and I have two different opinions on everything. Uh, we're opposites and that's why we attract and same thing happens with the designer and their client. Mm. They're opposites, they're coming with different, you know, things and then you just kind of marry all of those ideas together.
0: Do you ever have to say to a client like, ship lap and barn doors is done, we're not doing that anymore? <laughs>
1: I have said I don't want to do any more shiplap and barn doors ever again in my life. (laughs) And then I go ahead and put in shiplap and barn (laughs) doors because it's what they really, really want. And I just warn them, okay. (laughs) Some of them, at least we're in Colorado and they live on the farms, right? you know, and they live on fields. Okay. But when you're in Cherry Creek and you're asking for a shiplap and barn doors, like, you know, maybe not so much.
0: You also have to navigate the, that vision with Rico and Matt and the producers as well. Are, are you often on the same page or are there times when you have disagreements?
1: Um, no, I think because we were coming at different, we were all at different places, right? So yeah. one's coming into rescue, one's coming into design, we're building. There's all these different facets. So no, uh-uh, I think everybody kind of has their lane. Do,
0: do the residents keep the decor pieces or, or are the property staged for TV and then the clients have to bring their beanbag chairs back from college?
1: Yes. unless they procure the staging items okay but they have to bring back whatever it is that they had in the home before uh back into the homes
0: but you give them inspiration i imagine many come in and make sure that they're they're matching the vision that was presented on television
1: yes exactly
0: Um, i love that the show helps homeowners and that that have gotten into bad situations with contractors is there an episode in particular so far that your favorite that really brings you a smile Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. Um, We had some amazing clients, and I think two actually bring smiles to my face the minute I think of them. This, the Overmans, Mm. and also the first episode, The
0: Carpenters. How does your family react to seeing you on the show? Do do you get together for watch parties, or do they, they text you with opinions, or are they just used to mom being a star?
1: I think all the above. <laughs> so we have friends and family watch parties. We actually had 90 on our first episode watch party, which wow. not, nobody could hear anything. Yeah. But uh, so everybody had to go home and watch on their own. But um, but yeah, we we've had small group watch parties, we've had um for all the other episodes. Uh some we've just watched by ourselves. Um, and then yeah, everybody watches and everybody texts and has opinions on the client, the design—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of fun, actually. Um, when do you get to do this, right? Pinch yeah. me. I mean, this is kind of fun and exciting, and and I don't and I welcome all of the the viewers and all of the opinions.
0: What do you think when when you see the episodes yourself? What's kind of running through your mind? Are are you looking critically? Are you um, enthusiastic and excited for the end product? Like, what's kind of the process that that goes on with you?
1: I'm fairly critical. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So I do. I'm watching to see what how I could have made it better. Um, I am watching to see how it looks done. I'm excited on the about the end product being shown and shown properly. Right. But of course, at the end, I'm like, mm, I could have done this. I know I could have added that. and oh, I could have done that. But really, budget is really key on these episodes. Mm-hmm. We don't get the glamour of like rock the block where hundreds and thousands of dollars are poured into it because there is no homeowner here. We have a homeowner situation. Right. So it's, you know, it, it, I can only do so much magic <laughs> with what I've got. So, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of both.
0: We've talked about how it's kind of affected your business, but but how has the show affected you personally? Are, are you getting recognized at the grocery store? Are people stopping to take selfies? It has now started. Yeah? <laughs> it, has.
1: it has. I've had some interesting things happen. So we walked into the Denver Home Show and, Somebody came screaming over, oh my gosh, your opponent, oh my gosh, and I was like, hi. So we're taking selfies, and then um, I'm at the Nuggets game, actually, a couple nights ago, and one of the security guards is standing there, she, you know, she's just kind of looking away, and all of a sudden she turns around and looks at me, and she's standing like within a foot and a half of my face, and she goes, oh my gosh, your opponent. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, Hi. And she goes, we're big fans. My mom and I are big fans. She's in Tennessee. I'm gonna have to tell her that you're standing in front of me. And I mean, it was really, really cute. And then she let me cut through when we weren't supposed to cut through. So, but it was really, uh, yeah. So now it's starting to happen, and it's it's really exciting and fun. And um, I I'm a very people person, yeah. so it really it's it's I don't I don't mind the hellos and the selfies and things like that.
0: It's an interesting dynamic though. For the last 19 years, I was a, a radio personality, so I was like a G level local whatever. And when people feel like they know you, they come to you with that warmth of like family. Like, I've yes. known you for a long time. Yes. And you have to match that energy because yes. you want them to have a positive experience, <laughs> even though your internal sense is stranger, danger, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, is this person got intent? But it's it's almost always 100% love. And you want to kind of reciprocate that kindness in return. But that's it, it takes a minute to get used it to it.
1: It does. It takes, oh, well, you, you've been at this longer than me. So, yes, it does. It takes. Yeah. You think, you know, somebody just because you've seen them on TV or, you know, for six or seven or eight episodes. And all of a sudden you're like, I know you, yeah. you know, and, and they do feel like they know you, which is great. Yeah. That means you've done your job well. Mm-hmm. But it is it is kind of a stranger danger kind of approach sometimes. And I am very, you know, I, I try to be cautious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a new season is slated for 2024. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, are those episodes currently being filmed? And how's that going?
1: We're casting right now. Okay. Um, we'll be filming at the end of April. So it's all its all about time. So these are huge projects. You know, yeah. if you think about it, they're huge. So yeah. they really do take real timelines to finish. Yeah. There's no glorious magic wand. Mm-hmm. So we start filming at the end of April and it's a long filming period. We were—we won't be done until October. Wow. And then to do all the final edits. And in January, all of you guys get to watch the 47 minutes of magic. <laughs>
0: how, how do you balance all that though? Because you have a big family, yes. you have a thriving business, and now a production schedule. How do you manage all that?
1: With really great assistance, yeah. and I do have really a great team, and, I, and designers and builders, so basically we put these eight families into our schedule like they're normal clients and so we schedule our clients um and the tv clients in just like normal um so we don't take on more than we can chew and we don't want to be on rico to the rescue so we want to make sure that we stage everybody out you know appropriately so that our walk-in clients you know um and private clients also have the same attention that the tv clients are getting so it's, it's it's just a matter of time management and just making sure that you know everybody is assigned co-designers and assistants. So all of our clients um, get me and then get a senior designer an assistant to the designer and wow. a keeper and two project managers. Wow. So it's a big team of us. And then we split and we, you know, kind of create a family with it for each family um, to work with directly.
0: Can you put it in terms of, that I can easily understand, you know, like how the, the show has affected interest in your services specifically? I mean, have you, are you getting national calls or requests? Are you seeing like 25%, 50% more interaction than you, than you did before the show?
1: um we're seeing more interaction but i think people are um the, not as not as much internationally yet right. or even nationally as much it's mostly in you know social media that we're getting a lot of the interaction um and sometimes phone calls people are wanting us to fly out and do homes in california and mm-hmm. alabama and I'm, we're not going to california right. and alabama it's just too much yeah. but um but people are very respectful of our time so they're not you know bombarding us with Weirdness
0: and frivolous things, thing. exactly. What's your vision going forward? You you have this national platform now. Do you see this as a launching pad, not only for your company, but but for your personal brand?
1: Yes, I do. I, I see this as something a little bit bigger than what we are doing right now. Um, I see this as opportunity now for us to not only grow our brand, um, but also really to go out there and continue to help people um, and really educate them on you know uh, design and and just the fun part of it all because it is a very stressful thing for everybody involved. So our goal is to just go out there and, you know, just really help families and do fun things. And, um, you know, and I think brand growth is just natural. I think it's what we do with our power, right? Mm -hmm. Are we spreading good? Or what are we spreading? Are we spreading joy? So I think it's our opportunity to spread our enthusiasm, passion, and joy on, you know, and right now everything's just so negative. And so yeah. it's our opportunity to really throw in a lot of positivity and hopefully lots of smiles and laughter along the way here.
0: You're a, a woman of color leading a thriving business now on a platform with millions of viewers. Does that carry significance for you when it comes to serving as a potential role model, not only to your kids and grandkids, but but for people everywhere?
1: Absolutely. I think um, I think when you're given a lot, a lot is expected of you automatically. Um, I said, even when I got this, if it's only one season, it gives my daughters and my grandkids something to work off of. Mm -hmm. They could see that they could do anything in the world that they want to do. I came from a third world country and here I am on national television, right? Who knew? And um, and now I get to do the same thing. I get to reach back and hopefully mentor and um, give somebody an inspiration. I'm not going to be a perfect role model because I make many, many mistakes. And I will continue to because that's how we all learn. But I do want to at least give motivation and um, to young women, uh, minority women all over that you could do anything you want to do, whether you're an immigrant or whether you're US born, it doesn't matter. Um, It's just what you have in your heart and your head and you have to just really work hard and execute it. It won't be given to you. Nothing is ever given to you, Um, but you will have to work hard. And if you work hard, you can play hard. Well said. Thank you.
0: Visit Poonam's by Design at the Southlands Lifestyle Center. You can also go to Poonhamsbydesign.com and follow on social media at Poonums by Design. And make sure to catch Poonam on Rico to the Rescue on HGTV Season one is also streaming on Discovery Plus. Punum, you're doing such great work. Thank you so much for taking the time. All of Aurora is very proud of you.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Gateway to the Rockies podcast. Visit Aurora is the official destination marketing organization for the city of Aurora, Colorado, and acts as the primary liaison between meeting planners and hotel partners. As Aurora's convention and visitors bureau, Visit Aurora's mission is grounded in showcasing Aurora as a premier destination for meetings, business, and leisure travel. Visit Aurora represents more than 75-plus hotel properties with 13,500-plus guest rooms and more than one million square feet of meeting space, including Colorado's largest resort, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center. As Colorado's third largest city, Aurora is located minutes away from Denver International Airport and showcases mountain views, memorable meeting spaces, and 250-plus international eateries that offer a unique experience for each and every visitor. As the gateway to the Rockies, visit Aurora's role in the local community goes beyond marketing the city as a destination, The Visit Aurora team is here to assist you with your Colorado visit, from facilitating your meeting, event, or convention to helping you discover local flavor and attractions. Go beyond the boardroom in Aurora, Colorado. For more, visit us at VisitAurora.com.